Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. fans time for another edition of the bgo podcast bears banter powered by fansided bill zimmerman with you and wow this this may be the greatest podcast we are ever ever going to do and i know we had mitch trubisky on this podcast a couple months ago but now we get to bring you a podcast after an absolute annihilation of the tampa bay buccaneers 40 Eight to ten, and on top of that, we have Tariq Cohen joining the podcast here in just a few minutes. So before we get to Tariq, let's talk a little bit here about the Bucks victory. And if you're gonna talk about this game, then you're gonna start with one Mitch Trubisky, and that was a great thing to see, not just as a Bears fan. But as, as a fan of Trubisky, to, for him to get a game like that under his belt, build confidence, show the league what he can do, and that he's not like this, this inexperienced quarterback that's seeing ghosts and doesn't know what he's doing and in, indecisiveness and, and all these labels that he was getting the first few games that for anyone who watches rookie year, you saw so many flashes and so much ability and you knew what he could do and you just knew it was a matter of time till he put it together. And I am not... I'm not going to overreact here. I'm not sitting here and saying that the Trubisky troubles are behind him and that he is nothing but a superstar and he's going to throw three to six touchdowns per game moving forward. You know, I I understand the excitement, but you need to slow down because there's still going to be some growing pains with Mitch. And that's fine. He's still a young quarterback. This was his 16th start. This was the end of his rookie year, in essence, and the end of a rookie year that started with John Fox and a very rudimentary offense. So before we sit there and and crown Trubisky, at the same time, we don't want to go too far, but at the same time, we want to appreciate exactly what we saw. Because we just, yes, we understand the Tampa Bay Buccaneers secondary is not good, and they were banged up on top of that. So you have to take that into account, but the bottom line is, is how Trubisky looked, not just the stats. And he was the first player ever in the history of the NFL, 350 yards, 50 rushing yards, and six touchdown passes. No one had ever had a game like that before. Mitch did. So hats off to him. That was tremendous. But forget the stats. Forget the gaudy, gaudy numbers, which is great, and it's something he needed. It was how he looked. He didn't see any of those ghosts in the pocket. His footwork looked superb in that game. He pump faked to to move a defender off. He did not stare down receivers. He looked off safety so he could get guys open in the secondary. He did everything you need to do at quarterback. And that was so good to see. And that is how this team is going to get to the next level. 
and that is Mitch Trubisky. We understand how good the defense was. They had another dominant performance. Khalil Mack is going, defensive player of the year is obviously well within his grasp. He is going to, if he keeps this up and the Bears continue to win games, there is going to be a talk. The national NFL media is going to start the narrative about Khalil Mack for MVP. And that's when he could gain momentum and maybe do something tremendous getting an award like that. But that's that's a ways off. He has to keep playing like this and keep making that kind of impact. But the defense is is fantastic and continues to be fantastic. And now the offense may be starting to catch up a little bit. And if this is a good offense, I said, and if you've listened to this podcast, you know I say that with the defense as good as it is, the offense only needs to be average for this team to be very good. Now, if this offense is good, and I understand it's only one performance, we have to keep that in mind. But if this offense is good with an elite defense, this is a Super Bowl contender. So let's let's slow down. I am not putting them in the Super Bowl. The Rams are a heck of a team, and I don't know if the Bears are better. But they are a Super Bowl contender if this offense is good. I don't think this was a fluke. Obviously, six touchdowns isn't going to happen again this season. In, in that aspect, it was a fluke. But the abilities of this offense and what Matt Nagy has been putting together and, and the formations and the different looks and the, and the variety of weapons and everything he's trying to do, that was not a fluke. And that we are going to see more of. I think the Bears offense moving forward, still be inconsistent, we'll see more games closer to Tampa than we will like we did against Arizona. I think that's where this offense is headed. And, you know, one other thing I'm going to say, because, you know, again, if you follow me on Twitter at Zimmerman SXM, if you listen to this podcast, the one thing I like to do is call out the haters. And there's a lot of haters, especially haters towards Ryan Pace. And we've seen plenty towards Mitch, Mitch Trubisky this year as well. But Ryan Pace gets the haters. And, and, and I want to talk about this for a second. And that is the bandwagon Chicago fan, the one that you know, when things are good, wants to jump aboard and just kind of forget anything they may have said in the past. And and you couldn't see it any more than you did this offseason. I mean, let's go all the way back to January 1st. You go all the way back to January 1st and Bears fans were screaming for Ryan Pace's head, not just John Fox. Oh, they wanted to blow the whole thing up. Pace doesn't know what he's doing. This is a disaster. This roster doesn't have talent. It's nothing. The Bears are going nowhere. Let's let's just start over. Terrible idea, first of all. So then all of a sudden, Matt Nagy gets hired. And instead of saying, you know what? Offensive coach, you know, could could be really good for Trubisky. Right idea. They sit there and go, well, why not Josh McDaniels? McDaniels is Belichick. McDaniels would be better. You, you, you can't have, you can't win with, with, with these type of fans. So now all of a sudden there's like, oh, I didn't want Matt Nagy. I wanted Josh McDaniels. I'm not sure why, based on his time in Denver, and based on every other Belichick disciple, but hey, a lot of people wanted Josh McDaniels. Then you push that aside. You're like, all right, then, then you get the, the hater to shut up a little bit, and maybe they've accepted Matt Nagy. Then you get to free agency, and Allen Robinson, and Taylor Gabriel, and Trey Burton, and all the moves the Bears made in free agency, and, and then the fans are, oh, it's lipstick on a pig. This roster doesn't have enough talent. Who cares? All right, so he's got a couple weapons for Trubisky. Trubisky can't, can't manage that. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's, there's no point. There was no point to spend this money. You got the negative fan there. 
They get to the draft. They draft Roquan Smith. And what does Roquan Smith do? He holds out. Now you've got the hating fan going, oh, Roquan Smith is a bust. They can't even get him on the field. What are they doing? You can't win with these people. So they're still complaining. They still have no faith in this team. So now what happens? Khalil Mack, the big trade, the Bears bring him in. What's the hater going to do? Oh, two first-round picks. You can't give up two first-round picks. Ryan Pace has mortgaged the future of this franchise for one player. What a terrible move. Now, secretly, what you didn't notice is after all those tweets were sent out with the, you know, some sort of derogatory Ryan Pace picture or something, what happens next? They all secretly go into their Twitter profiles and change their picture to Khalil Mack. But let's, let's put that aside. Put that hypocrisy aside. Now, the Chicago Bears get off to a heck of a start. The Packer game, the Seahawks game, suddenly this defense looks really good. Who put this defense together? Ryan Pace. You want to give him any credit to the fact that he brought in every one of those defensive pieces except Kyle Fuller? Oh, no. You'll give Vic Fangio credit. You'll just say, oh, well, finally, maybe he got lucky. You give no credit to Ryan Pace. Then they win against the Arizona Cardinals. They've got a winning record. First time they've had a winning record in four years. Want to give Ryan Pace credit? That, no, because it doesn't matter because Mitch Trubisky stinks. If they don't have a good quarterback, the rest of this talent is going to be all for naught. Then all of a sudden, what does Trubisky do? He throws for six touchdown passes, 400 yards of offense, and suddenly all these Twitter handles, all these Twitter handles of negative Pace and negative Bears and anti-Trubisky and, and all these negative, negative people who have just been pounding the bears are suddenly retweeting all these positive stats and suddenly it's Super Bowl bound bears and rah-rah bears and just stop, just stop. You're the same trash clowns that had no interest in this team, didn't understand how a rebuild worked in the NFL, had no idea what Ryan Pace was trying to do. You're the same fans that are still complaining that they don't have Alshon Jeffrey or Matt Forte or Brandon Marshall or Martellus Bennett. Same exact fans that have no idea what's going on with this franchise, with the rebuild and what they've done and what they are on the cusp of becoming. And now all of a sudden you want to be on the bandwagon? We don't need you. Say that right now. We don't need you. Bears fans know who are the true fans and know who the frauds are. And there are a lot of frauds out there with this team. They're sitting there going, oh, look, the Cubs lost to the Brewers. Maybe I'll jump aboard the Bears bandwagon now. That's exactly how these Chicago fans are. Some of them. Not all of them. There are Chicago sports fans that are some of the best in the country. But those bandwagon clowns that think they know more than the coach and more than the GM, and you guys know exactly who I'm talking about, in your circle of friends, you've all got one or two. You've all got them, and every time they talk, you roll their eyes, and maybe you smush it down, and you don't say anything because you don't want to start a fight. But they're the ones that annoy the hell out of you, and you don't want to hear from them, and now all of a sudden they think the Bears are going to the Super Bowl. So you know what? Call them out on their crap. That's what I like to do. Call people out on their crap. Call these fans out on their crap because we don't need them. The Bears are 3-1. and one. They're heading into the bye. Lots of good things are happening. And the true Bears fan can appreciate the next couple weeks here as the Bears sit atop the NFC North. But let's get to the podcast guest today because we, we try and bring you a variety of podcast guests. We've bringing you former Bears. We've brought you a lot of bloggers. 
we've brought you some Bears players from time to time. And that's always the best thing on this podcast. You know, we had Mitch Trubisky on over the summer. That was great. We've had Kyle Long on, Cameron Meredith on, had Jarrell Freeman when the Bears first signed him a couple years ago. So we've had a lot of luck getting some players on. And I am excited to talk to this next guy. He is an electric player. We all love him especially after he had a breakout game week one against Atlanta last year. We saw all the special moves, all he could be. He had a great rookie season. And after his game against Tampa here, he is off to another great start in season two. And that is Tariq Cohen, Chicago Bears running back, and he joins the podcast now. Tariq, thanks so much for coming aboard. Bill Zimmerman, how are you today? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing very well. Probably not not as well as you guys here after a phenomenal victory over the Tampa Bay Bucks. I'm going to get to that, but I want to get to a little bit about you first, the the Tariq Cohen, because you know your earlier years, because you came out of nowhere here until you know you had that game last year, you know that big splash week one against Atlanta, and people are like, oh wow, what what is this guy? You know, this was a you know you were a fourth round pick from a small school. So, you grew up in a in a small town in North Carolina. When did football become like a big deal in your life? Uh, it was always a big deal. Uh, my mom, me, and my twin brother in it uh, at a young age, and uh, just us being competitive against each other. Uh, we wanted to, uh, you know, be great at whatever we did. So we always just competed against each other, and it just became a big part of our lives. Gotcha. So, so you know, you get to high school and. You know, obviously, you know, your size is a factor for all these these colleges recruiting you. And I remember you even tweeted out like a, you sent like an email. I think it was to ECU about trying to get take a look at your highlight tapes. You end up to North Carolina A&T. What was the recruiting process like for you? How much did you go out there and did, did your high school coach and everything go out there and try and get Tariq Cohen on the map with colleges? Uh, we were sending letters everywhere. Uh, my coach, my head coach was, uh, Chris Miller. And then I would, uh, in my fourth period class, you know, email other schools as well. Uh, but we weren't getting any, uh, any attention, uh, not a lot of attention, but we had a couple of schools that liked me. Uh, Old Dominion was looking at me, Elon, uh, and Pembroke. And then, uh, A&T was the only school to offer me. So obviously you, you, you know, you, you really develop into something at A&T. When, when was it? And maybe maybe it was in high school. I don't I don't know. When was it? When did your focus in your career go? You know what? I actually I got a shot here at the NFL. When when did that start getting on your radar? Uh, I would say like uh, senior in a uh, senior high school. I was thinking like, yeah, I'm gonna make this big push. I wanna you know work hard as I can to get to the NFL because uh, I feel like I'm talented enough to get there. And and what did you say? I mean, uh, when when people said you know Tree Cohen's too small. To make it like what, what was what was always your stance? What what, what did what did kind of in the back of your head? What were you thinking to those those critics? Uh, yeah, people would never say it to me. I would just <laughs> read about it and stuff. And then I would just, I would just take it, you know, and just uh, channel it into the how I played on that uh, that following game. And just uh, you know, go out and ball. And then when I feel like when you ball, it's just not too much they can say. All right, well, bef- before we get into your Bears career, I just have one other thing, because when you first got drafted by the Bears and I started kind of doing my homework and research on you, you posted something on Instagram, of you know, and, and people have seen seen the backflip, the standing backflip you can do now, but you posted something on Instagram doing a, a backflip and catching two footballs simultaneously while flipping, which is one of the most ridiculously athletic things I've ever seen. First of all, I'll ask you, how many, how many takes did that take for you, and when did you realize this was something you could actually do? Uh, I took like twelve takes, I think. Oh, that's not bad. And then, uh, I just realized I could do it, and I was trying the other backflip catches. I did it one hand with, uh, I mean, I did two hands with one ball, and then I did one hand with one ball, 
then I was like, uh, I just got to step it up one more time. So that was the only thing I could think of. And then uh, we just tried it one morning after uh, summer workouts, and we landed it. Very, very nice. So uh, let's let's fast forward here to to this season here with with, with Matt Nagy and the offense and, and Trubisky's development here. When when Nagy first arrived and you first kind of started to to meet him and know him and kind of pick his brain on the offense, you know, I, a lot of people like instantly kind of said, "All right, who?" on the Chicago Bears is going to be like the Kansas City Chief version of Travis Kelsey and of Tyreek Hill and, and all this. And everyone kind of pointed to you and said, you know, Tariq Cohen could be the Bears' new, you know, Tyreek Hill. You know, what what did Nagy kind of say to you and, and, and how excited did you get on how you might be able to be utilized in this offense? Uh, he just told me I was going to be everywhere. You know, he didn't really compare me to Tyreek Hill. He just told me to uh, be my own player. And uh, the fact that I'm just going to be everywhere in this offense, you want me to do a lot of things. So let, let's talk about Trubisky here a little bit because, you know, you guys got off to a great start, obviously, 3-1. and one. But even even when you were 2-1 and one going before this Tampa game, Mitch was getting, you know, some criticism in the local media and everything, which really wasn't fair learning the new offense. But with the progression that you've seen with Trubisky leading into the Tampa game, not, not what we saw from the Tampa game, but where, how, what was your confidence level in Mitch and his grasping the offense and getting the leadership and getting this team's, you know, on the offensive side of the ball to where it needs to be? I've always had confidence in Mitch. Uh, you know, from day one, he's always had the same attitude, you know, to get better attitude. Uh, he's not going to let something uh, he messes up on affect him twice. You know, he's going to always get better and learn from his mistakes. So, you know, leading up into any game, I had the same amount of confidence of, uh, uh, with him and on him. And I just know he's going to perform like the way he uh, performed against the Tampa Bay. All right, and let's let's talk about the Tampa game because everything clicked. I mean, you guys were a well-oiled machine. It was, you know, for for Bears fans, I mean, they were they were doing Tariq Cohen backflips just watch, watching that game. We know how good the defense has been. If you guys continue to put together games like you get, did against Tampa, just how good is this football team? Uh, there's no ceiling for us if we just keep balling out like we did last game. Uh, and that's what we look to do. You know, we want to rest up on this bye week and just take that uh, momentum on to the next game. And and how confident were you <clears throat> watching this offense churn here against Tampa? Because, I mean, there was a, uh, a touchdown pass. I believe it was the touchdown pass to Josh Bellamy. Everyone has seen the shot now of you putting two arms up in the air in the touchdown as, as the ball's being released from Mitch's hands. You guys were just doing everything right. When the team is rolling like that, I mean, how much confidence is just getting built playing and play out there in the huddle? Uh, it's just confidence in the uh, in our coaching and our uh, you know the work we put in during the week in practice. You know we've done it all week, so when we get into a game, we just very confident, stress uh, we're stress free, and we're just going out there having fun. All right, and for for you now on the bye week, what's what's the plan? Like, are you are you going to just try and try and relax a little bit? Are you gonna are you a guy that's going to hit the gym? Are you gonna you know focus on watching some tape and seeing what you're going to do? Not not the next week here when you're going to be prepping for the Dolphins game, but what's what's the bye week leading for you? Uh, physically, I'm going to uh, relax, you know, just chill out, and then uh, mentally, I want to just take in some more football, you know, watch the games that uh, everybody else has going on, and also probably you know get ahead on some film. Now we know when you relax, you know you're 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 in, you're into the video games. You know I see, you see you post on Fortnite, and and I know people have talked to you about Madden. So I got, I'll ask you this one here. Just have have a couple couple fun ones here before before we let you go. If you could only play one video game, you couldn't play one of them anymore. Would you would you get rid of Fortnite or would you get rid of Madden? Which one do you have to have? Fortnite. I don't even play Madden. Oh, you don't play Madden at all? No, I don't play Madden at all. I haven't played it in two years, like. 
Almost. Wait, wait, okay. All right, so so Fortnite's your game. Very nice. Now, you know, you don't try and publicize some things that you do. Um, I know North Carolina is, is very near and dear to your heart, and I know you did some things for to get some um, equipment, some sports equipment, to, to the local high school that was hit, hit up by the tornado, and, and there's things. How... How much does North Carolina matter to you now that you know you're you're playing in Chicago? But how strong are your roots there in, in that state? Uh, my roots are very strong in that state. You know that's where I grew up. Uh, that's where everybody I know is. So uh, I just want to make uh, North Carolina proud, and uh, I do everything you know to give back because I feel like they molded me into the person I am today. So I feel like I owe them that. Gotcha. Well, they're, I'm sure they're very proud. So we got one last one for you here. I actually asked the same thing to, to Mitch Trubisky, and he took a pass and picked Chicago Steakhouses since he, he went to UNC, obviously. North Carolina barbecue or Chicago-style pizza? What's better? i got to go with the barbecue. Go with the barbecue. Cookout. All right. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah, I, see, I, I thought that's where Mitch was going to go, too, but he, he he didn't want to pick, so he just picked steaks. So. But very, very nice. Well, Tariq, thanks so much for hopping aboard. Congratulations on the 3-1 the and one start and the great game you guys had against the Tampa Bay Bucks. Best of luck moving forward. Thank you. I appreciate it. There he is, Tariq Cohen on the podcast. Really enjoyed talking to him. Hope you guys enjoyed listening to him as well. And I wanted to take Tariq's interview in a little bit of a different direction because if you follow the Bears, you know, he's he's he talks to the media and he'll get you, you know, a lot of the kind of similar answers that that you'll hear from players talking about the offense, talking about the defense, talking about the coach. So obviously we wanted to ask him a few of that stuff, but I wanted to kind of find out about Tariq Cohen, because again, this is a guy from a small town in North Carolina, went to a small school, Bears make a draft pick like that, and unless you are a draft nerd, most people, including NFL media types, are like, who, who is this? Who, who did they just take? And then you see a site, so how small is this guy? Oh, he's got no chance, no chance to make it in the NFL. But he obviously has, and he's an impact player. He's that good, he's that athletic, he is that fun to watch. If you have not seen the Instagram post, if you Google Tree Cohen backflip, something like that, you'll definitely find it. He does a standing backflip, which you saw him, he, he did his backflip, you know, after he scored the touchdown there against Tampa. So you, you've seen that move, that you've seen that athleticism. But while he's in midair, feet above his head, doing a backflip, he catches two footballs simultaneously, one in the right arm, one in the left arm. I've never seen anything like it. And when I saw that, before I'd even seen him play a minute, a minute for the Chicago Bears, I said, this kid has a chance to be something special because you cannot find people with that kind of athleticism. That kind of athleticism, I don't care if he's 4'10", 110 pounds, he's going to make an impact. That's the kind of, it's fun to watch. If you just, if you go find that video, if you haven't seen it, you're just going to end up watching it in a loop like 20 times in a row because it's that impressive. So, wanted to talk to a little bit about Tariq and, you know, where he kind of started when football mattered to him and, and kind of growing up. And when, when is a guy like Tariq Cohen from a small town, you know, goes to a small college and is is undersized? When do you start looking and going, wow, I could be an NFL running back? And senior year of high school, that to me is impressive. To have that kind of confidence in yourself, to dream that much, that is impressive to see. Because, you know, like he said, there was only one team that gave him a scholarship. That's North Carolina A&T. He didn't get a scholarship from anywhere else. No one offered him a scholarship. And yet he's not getting scholarships from small schools and he has NFL aspirations. That is how you dream big, 
And he is living proof that if you work hard enough and you want it hard enough, you can make it happen. And he is a special player. He's a special person. As as I said there at the end, he's done a lot for some North Carolina area, you know, with a hurricane tornado. You know, he he North Carolina matters a lot to him. That's that's where his roots are. And and he takes care of that state when he can. So Hope you enjoyed listening to Tariq Cohen here on the podcast. They got a bye week. We'll see if we can put together another podcast for you next week going into the Dolphins game. But for now, I want Bears fans, if, if you're listening right now, if you're on the train, if you're, you know, if you're sitting at home on the sofa, put your feet up, you know, in front of you. Put your hands behind your head. Lean back and just take a deep breath and breathe out slowly because the Chicago Bears are three and one and now now everyone is going to take notice the bears are no longer going to sneak up on anybody no 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 this is a 3 and 1 team this is a playoff contender when they come back from this bye they've got four games against the AFC East and they can make a dent in that that is a bad division folks that is a bad division at Miami that's a winnable game it's not going to be a walk in the park but that's a winnable game new england at home again not a walk in the park, but here's what I would say. I never would have thought the Bears could beat the Patriots. Now I'm sitting there, games in Chicago, Patriots aren't exactly humming. I understand they just crushed the Dolphins, but the Patriots have some warts. There's no guarantee that the Bears are going to lose that game. They will be in that game. Then they've got Buffalo and they've got the Jets. Those, those are winnable games. Those teams are obviously very, very beatable teams. Bears could be looking, I would say, no worse than 5-3 and three at the midway point. Got a good shot at six and two, and might even get to seven and one. That 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 is where this team is. This team is a contender. So there you go. Enjoy the bye. Enjoy first place because they're going to be there when they come back against Miami. Maybe Green Bay will be three one and one and be in essence tied, even though the Bears will have a game in hand. But regardless, the Chicago Bears will be in first place heading into that game against Miami. So that's going to do it for Bears Banter. Hope you enjoyed the conversation. We will talk to you again. Adios, everybody.